Welcome to your Thursday edition of Transformation Radio. Bobby B, Chillicothe, Ohio, 
And uh, I'm transferring up to, up to the third phase today. And I told y'all at the encounter I'm finna be a big third phaser. And today I'm finna be a big third phaser. Um, I just, it's, it's just one word to describe it, unbelievable. They woke me up this morning and said, Bobby, we pack your stuff. I said, what for? They said, you're going to third phase. I said, unbelievable. So I'm just really excited what the Lord's doing, restoring my family. I'm excited to be working every day with my brothers in Columbus. Um, excited to just go up into the kitchen and go up into the TV room in true third phase or fashion. I just want to encourage all you brothers to walk it out. And uh, keep doing your thing, praising the Lord. Bobby B. out. And now, as we begin to look in today's reading of the New Testament, our narrative will come from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6, and we'll go through chapter 3, verse 4. We'll see that God's hidden wisdom was His offer of salvation to all people, Originally unknown to mankind, this plan became crystal clear when Jesus rose from the dead. His resurrection proved that he had power over sin and death and could now offer us this power as well. God's plan, however, is still hidden to unbelievers because they either refuse to accept it, choose to ignore it, or simply haven't heard about it. Jesus was misunderstood and rejected by those whom the world considered wise and great. He was put to death by uh, leaders in Palestine, the high priest, King Herod, Pilate, and the Pharisees and Sadducees. Jesus' rejection by these leaders was predicted way back in Isaiah and in Zechariah. And we'll also see that we cannot imagine all that God has in store for us, both in this life and for eternity. He will create a new heaven and a new earth, and we will live with Him forever. Until this, the Holy Spirit comforts and guides us. Knowing our wonderful and eternal future gives us hope and courage to press on in this life, to endure hardship, and to avoid giving in to temptation. This world, my friend, is not all there is. The best is yet to come. We'll also find in our reading today this passage, the deep things of God are Jesus' resurrection and God's plan of salvation, revealed only to those who believe that what God says is true. Those who believe in the resurrection and put their faith in Christ will know all they need to know to be saved. This knowledge, however, cannot be grasped by even the wisest people unless they accept God's message. All who reject God's message are foolish, no matter how wise the world thinks they are. No one can comprehend God, but by His Spirit, believers have insight into some of God's plans, thoughts, and actions. By His Holy Spirit, we can begin to know His thoughts, discuss them with Him, and expect His answers to our prayers. Are you spending enough time with Christ to have His very mind in you? An intimate relationship with Christ comes only from consistent time spent in His presence and in His Word. Paul called the Corinthians babies, in the Christian life because they were not yet spiritually healthy and mature. The proof was that they quarreled like children. Immature Christians are controlled by their own desires. That's carnal. Mature believers by God's desires. How much influence do your own desires have on your life? Your goal should be to let God's desires be your own. Being controlled by your own desires will stunt your growth. 
And now let's begin to look in today's reading of the New Testament. August 6th, the New Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6, through chapter 3, verse 4. Yet when I, Paul, am among mature believers, I do speak with words of wisdom, but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world or to the rulers of this world, who are soon forgotten. No, the wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God, His plan that was previously hidden, even though He made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. But the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they would not have crucified our glorious Lord. This is what the Scriptures mean when they say, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. But it was to us that God revealed these things by His Spirit, for His Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit, and no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach Him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infants in the Christian life. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger. And you still aren't ready, for you are still controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove you are controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world? When one of you says, I am a follower of Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, aren't you acting just like people of the world? And now, a reading from the book of Psalms, this time Psalm chapter 28, verses 1 through 9. We'll see that it's easy to pretend friendship. Wicked people often put on a show of kindness or friendship in order to gain their own ends. David, in his royal position, may have met many who pretended friendship only to meet their own goals. David knew that God would punish them eventually, but he prayed that their punishment would come swiftly. True believers should be straightforward and sincere in all their relationships. In the sports world, there is a phrase, the best offense is a good defense. In the spiritual battle around us, God is our strength and shield. He is our defense against all that would harm us. If we trust in Him, He will certainly defend us from the vicious attacks of our enemies. Psalm chapter 28 Verses 1 through 9, a psalm of David. I pray to you, O Lord, my rock. Do not turn a deaf ear to me. 
or if you are silent, I might as well give up and die. Listen to my prayer for mercy as I cry out to you for help as I lift my hands toward your holy sanctuary. Do not drag me away with the wicked, with those who do evil, those who speak friendly words to their neighbors while planning evil in their hearts. Give them the punishment they so richly deserve. Measure it out in proportion to their wickedness. Pay them back for all their evil deeds. Give them a taste of what they have done to others. They care nothing for what the Lord has done or for what His hands have made. So He will tear them down, and they will never be rebuilt. Praise the Lord, for He has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord is my strength and shield. I trust Him with all my heart. He helps me, and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. The Lord gives His people strength. He is a safe fortress for His anointed King. Save your people. Bless Israel, your special possession. Lead them like a shepherd, and carry them in your arms forever. Proverbs chapter 20, verses 24 and 25. The Lord directs our steps, so why try to understand everything along the way? Don't trap yourself by making a rash promise to God and only later counting the cost. Set your mind on thinking to her. 
set your mind on things above. If you've been crucified with them and you've been laid down in baptism, oh, let your life just say, I'm free to love.
Adrian Anderson, I would like to affirm Russell Blankenship for coming back to the refuge and doing the right thing. Hang in there, Russell. I can't wait to see you in two weeks. Thank you. Hello there, men of the refuge. My name is Steve Rowan, the pastor of Pleasant Chapel Church of God here in Lancaster, and I count it a privilege to present a word from the word to you here today. Uh, hopefully it provides some encouragement and inspiration, some support. First of all, let me say that I so appreciate what you're doing. You are doing the right thing the right way for the right reason. God created us to be clean and sober, and I, I so appreciate what you're doing. You're doing it under the banner of Jesus Christ with the help of God, the Son of God, and the power of the Holy Spirit, and you're doing it so you'll be a better person, a better husband, a better boyfriend, a better father. Uh, what you are doing is incredible. You're doing the right thing. You're doing it the right way. You're doing it for the right reason, and I celebrate that with you today. Now, you're not doing something easy. It isn't easy. It is difficult to remain clean and sober, to get clean and sober, to stay clean and sober, and to be what God has created us to be. And often we feel weak and uh, slow and small and powerless. Well, that's where God the Father steps in. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul was dealing with this as he wrote to the church at Corinth, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. God said to us, My grace is sufficient for you. I love that. It is enough. The word sufficient means enough. My grace is enough for you. If you're having a really good day and you don't need a lot of grace, God has small grace for you. If you're having a really tough time. God has a lot of grace for you. My grace is enough for you. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So, if you're feeling weak, if you're feeling powerless, if you're feeling small, you're in a perfect place, because that's when the power of God shows up. So, my grace is sufficient for you, Paul tells us from the Word of God, 
God's power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power... Hey, there's the second power. There's the power of God, and then there's Christ's power. So when we're feeling weak, and we can even celebrate the fact that we're feeling weak today, so that Christ's power may rest on me, it says in Second Corinthians 12, 9 and 10, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why it continues, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. So uh, we're being challenged here that if we're not having our best day, we can actually celebrate that. Uh, you might be going through a difficult time. You, you may feel persecuted by people who don't understand your journey and the fight that you're in. Maybe you're going through a hardship right now. Maybe you're feeling that your family or friends might be insulting you and you're just feeling weak. Well, the Apostle Paul says, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. There's a third power right there. There's the power of God. My power is made perfect in weakness. There's the power of Christ, so that Christ's power may rest on me. And then when I am weak, then I am strong. So I have power. And that's not a power that's within me, on my own, of my own. Nope. That power comes from God the Father, His Son, Jesus Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit working in me. But that means that when I go through these difficult times, these hardships, this time of weakness, I can be strengthened as well. So, take heart, take hope. If you're going through a difficult time, the grace of God is enough. It's sufficient for you. His power will be made perfect in your weakness. And during that weakness, if we will rely on God, we will be strong. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for providing your power for us when we're weak, when we're going through a difficult time, when we're in hardships and difficulties. Your power shows up. Thank you for making that power available. Thank you for helping us in our times of weakness. If, the, if somebody's going through a difficult time right now, help them to reach out for your strength and power. And you promise that when we're weak, then we can be strong because we're leaning on your strength, your power. We love you. Thank you for your wonderful love for us. Thank you for making the power available to us. Help us to have the courage to accept that power into our lives so that we can be overcomers. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this Word from the Word. I look forward to sharing with you again. Until then, accept the power of God during our times of weakness. So lonesome how I stand Where even angels fear to tread Invited by redeeming love Before the throne of God above He pulls me close with nail-scarred hands Into His everlasting arms When condemnation grips my heart And 
Satan tempts me to despair I hear the voice that scatters fear Oh, The great I am, the Lord is here Oh, praise the one who fights for me And shields my soul eternally Yeah. 
Thank you for listening to Transformation Radio.